Hello friends, this is episode 11 of Surviving to Thriving with Megan and today's episode is on abuse of kids, pets, and property. So domestic violence has similar but kind of slightly different legal definitions depending on which state you're in. So on the U.S. Department of Justice's Office on Violence Against Women, they say that Domestic violence is a pattern of abusive behavior in any relationship that is used by one partner to gain or maintain power and control over another intimate partner. It can be physical, sexual, emotional, economic, psychological, or technical, technological, excuse me, actions or threats of actions or other patterns of coercive behavior that influence another person within an intimate partner relationship. Any behaviors that intimidate, manipulate, humiliate, isolate, frighten, terrorize, coerce, threaten, blame, hurt, injure, or wound someone. So they have a very broad and inclusive definition saying that it can, emotional abuse is domestic violence, threats is domestic violence, psychological abuse is domestic violence. Anything that manipulates or humiliates is domestic violence. So the covert behaviors that go beyond physical violence that um, I experienced, my my hus- my ex-husband never beat me, um, there, which was one of the reasons I stayed for so long because he could be worse. There's women that have it worse. I was never beaten. I was never bruised. Um, and so... It, so to me, it, you know, it was justifiable at that time. So the uh, domestic violence definition of the United States justice system includes all of those covert behaviors. So I live in North Dakota and the North Dakota Century Code strictly limits it to physical harm. So domestic violence in North Dakota is considered physical harm bodily injury, sexual activity compelled by physical force, assault, or they do have this, the infliction of fear of imminent, imminent, sorry, physical harm, bodily injury, sexual activity compelled by physical force. So it can also be the infliction of fear of harm. Um, So, I mean, that can kind of be read in different ways, but basically the my experience was that the it was only considered domestic violence if it was physical abuse. So, I mean, depending on your state and depending on the entity that you're working with or whatever advocacy project, different um, people define domestic violence in different ways. But the things that I'm providing in this episode, it's kind of a generalized list of abuse as it pertains to using children, pets, and property. So, in my opinion, it all qualifies as domestic violence. It's never okay. And if you're experiencing any of these things, I would really encourage you to seek clarity in your relationship and in the characteristics of um, abuse. And it's, I know it's not easy. I spent many, many years justifying these behaviors. Uh, so the examples below are from um, below. The examples that I'm going to be um, describing come from Sarah McDougall's Red Flakes of Abuse chart, but my own experiences 
you know, I always include those. Um, so the first one is children, threatens to harm children or threatens to take the children if you leave or call out their abuse or seek safety. So, um, you know, this is saying you, you're never going to see your kid again if you don't do X, Y, Z. Um, doesn't pay child support or prioritize kids' needs. That is considered abuse. So if somebody is withholding child support payments or if someone is refusing to give you money unless you see to, unless you see or if you speak to them or agree with them um, or not paying for medical care or refusing to put money in the kids' lunch accounts, or not buying basic hygiene items. Um, before our agreement was formalized, we had an arrangement where my ex-husband would help me uh, pay for the kids' needs, and this was before the divorce was final. But the only way I could get that money is if I went to his house in person by myself and spoke to him and had contact with him. And we would even do a stupid thing where he, you know, would hand me the check and then yank it away at the last minute and just made me roll my eyes at that point. But again, it's that control and manipulation. It's all about the control and manipulation. It was never about the kids. It was never about the kids. It was always about the control and manipulation of me. Belittles partner in front of kids. So this can be outright name calling, like insults such as, oh, you're so stupid or you don't know anything or, you know, things like that. But it can also be much more covert. And, you know, these are things that I would, that I experienced, like your mom is being so silly. She knows better than to do X, do this or that. Or your mom should ask me first or kind of that, like talking to the kids while sending a hidden or alternative message. So being like, well, you should tell your mom that if she wasn't so distracted, then she wouldn't burn the toast. Or, you know, I mean, any number of things where it would be like, dude, just <laughs> just tell me what you're upset about. But he would use the kids to send me a message. Um, leverages kids to keep partners silent. Now, this sounded like uh, things like if you tell anyone what happens at home, you're never going to see the kids again. Or if you tell anybody what happens, I'm going to take the kids and you think anybody's going to give give you custody of the kids? Well, you got another thing coming. Or if you want to say, if you want to have any say in how these kids are raised, you're going to listen to me and do what I say. You know, so some of those, some of those threats that like, I'm going to use the kids against you. Um, in our situation, it was also common to threaten grandparents. So if grandparents had a certain belief or a certain disciplinary tactic or um, certain things that they thought the kids should be taught and the their dad didn't agree with it, it would be, if you ever want to see your grandkids again, you better not talk to me that way. You better not question my intentions. You better do this or you better not do that or you better talk this way or you better not talk that way. So whatever it was, it was, you know, using the kids or the grandkids or who, whatever as as a leverage, as a pawn to keep the, to keep the person under control. Um, another aspect of the children is using other people or excuse me, abusing other people's children. So like any physical or verbal violence toward children in general. And this wasn't uncommon. It, you know, it's those things that make you just feel really uncomfy when it's not just the, you know, when 
the mentality of it takes a village. Like when you're really close friends with somebody and you correct their kid or they correct your kid or like, you know, you you expect if if my kid is talking disrespectfully, I really hope you would say, please don't talk to me that way or that's not a respectful way to talk to an adult, right? So, but it goes further than that. It goes further than that into the verbal violence or the yelling at other people's kids or physically, you know, moving them or hurting them in any way. And the last one is scares or hurts partner in front of kids. So physical abuse of a child's mother is child abuse. Even if the behaviors aren't directed toward the children themselves, if a child is witnessing violence, if a child is witnessing abuse of their mother or their father, of their parent, it is child abuse. That could be a whole and likely will be in the future, an entire episode all in itself. But I'll say it again, physical abuse of a child's mother is child abuse. If they are witnessing it, they are being abused. Okay, the next one I'm going to talk about is pets and property. And these are two different sections of the um, power and control wheel or the red flags chart, whatever you whatever visual works best for you. And I'm kind of lumping them into one episode here because it kind of all works the same way to um, manipulate somebody into control. Um, the a big one that we see often is confiscating keys or ID um, identification or driver's license. This can be under the guise of keeping them safe or it can be the outright prevention of autonomy. So uh, there was, you know, imagine if you're if you're fighting with your spouse and you just need to leave you just need to cool off um and they all of a sudden take your keys and say absolutely not you're not going anywhere you can forget it and then there you have it <clears throat> that's that's one way where um it's using your property to control you damages victim's car or refuses to keep it maintained so can't keep the car in working order, quote unquote, can't afford to get it fixed, um, not have your partner not being able to even have a car in general. Um, trashes victims things or says it was accidental. For me, it was the outright breaking of my things. Um, sometimes it was followed by an apology, but other times the narrative was just, oh, I just got so mad that you were arguing with me. I didn't know what I was doing. I went into a rage. I'm really sorry. Um, and I, I just didn't know what I was doing or um, after I had left the marriage, but I hadn't yet moved all all of my things out of the house, he would target things that were especially important to me, like gifts that I had received in the past or heirlooms from my family that he had no interest in other than to hurt me. So he would hide those things or keep them from me um, so that I would have to continue to come to him. Um, just very, very controlling. But there was also the actual trashing of things and breaking of them. Harms or neglects pets or gives them away. This is a form of abuse. When you're harming your partner's pet, there's a statistic that I read in um, in writing this podcast and article that 70% of women who have been victims of domestic violence have said that their companion pets have also been harmed and they have witnessed the abuse of their pets. Um, we were never allowed to have a pet or a little dog in our in our house and when 
I was married to um, my ex-husband because he was, and these are his words, he was afraid he would kill it when it got too annoying. Those are his actual words. We couldn't have a little dog because he was afraid he would kill it, either by kicking it or throwing it against the wall or whatever. And I, at the time, I was like, um, okay, that's kind of scary. And I don't, I don't like that. Um, animal abuse is, is another another thing. But again, if it's in your home, it's your pet. So harming or neglecting pets or just giving them away without your consent. Punching walls, slamming doors, throwing things. Many, many arguments included throwing things into walls, making holes or dents. Again, now keep in mind, it, things could have been worse, right? I That was my narrative all this time. It could have been worse. It could have been worse. This isn't abuse. This isn't abusive. It could be worse. He's not beating me. Yeah, he throws something every now and then. There's a hole in the wall or there's a dent in the wall, but you know, it's it, it could be worse, right? And extra points if the object was something important to the kids or I. Um, and that got to be, that got to be its own set of excuses and apologies and and trauma when, you know, think of a doll being thrown into the wall and making a dent in it. It's just not a good thing. Um, it's also considered abusive if they threaten to do any of these things. But honestly, for me, after, like, once those tactics were used once or twice, like all the things that I just mentioned, once they were used once or twice, I was pretty effectively scared into behaving exactly the way he wanted. It didn't take much for me to uh, be the one to apologize and recognize when something was escalating to to where one of these behaviors was going to come about. Um, so threatening to do any of these is also considered abuse. So, you know, as an overview, it again, these are not one-off instances. These are instances in which I mean, obviously you have your bottom line instances of whether or not someone hits you or punches you or, you know, the physical abuse or hits or or punches or threatens your kids or your pets or things like that. But these are these are bottom line behaviors that are a pattern. They're a pattern of entitlement. They're a pattern of behavior. They're a pattern of control. And don't even for one minute think it's because, oh, I lost my temper. You don't hurt people or animals just because you lost your temper. This is a way of thinking. This is a pattern of behavior. And if you or if any of your loved ones are experiencing this, please get resources, get curious, check out some resources to help you gain clarity. Think about it, look, find, read, listen, whatever you need to do to find clarity to see if this is something that is harmful in your relationship or not. Please know that you are not crazy, you are not alone, and you deserve healthy love. This is Megan Chida reminding you that you're also safe here. I love you.